Hi guys, before we get started with this week's episode, we just have a little bit of news for you. Oh yes. We do. The news is that we now have a dedicated section on the official Manchester United app just for our podcast. Mazad Garnet, loving it? Yes, loving it. We know what you're thinking. Why should I move my favourite podcast app all the way over to a new app? Well, two reasons. Reason one is that you will get the podcast a whole 24 hours earlier. I think that's a really good reason. That's 24 hours earlier than everywhere else. And you can be first in line to hear every new episode. Yeah, and reason number two is it allows us to bring you so much more than just the episode. So if we talk about goals, you'll be able to see the goals within the app and you'll also see associated articles and something a lot of people have requested. You'll be able to watch more episodes of the podcast all in one place which to me seems sensational mm-hmm. but if you're not convinced and want to stay where you are that's fine too we'll still bring you our pods right here every week as usual right here right now but also if you're on the app you won't have to sit through us telling you all this every time that's good isn't yeah, it yeah because this is going to get repeated if you're listening on something else but not on the app uh, anyway that's it the official Manchester United app now has a podcast section loads going on in there check it out now on with this episode download the app it's a good one, Jordan. Oh, fine goal, Joe Jordan. Jordan, and it's in. And it's over, Jordan. Oh, are they onside? They are. This is Jordan. And there's not an in the far post by Joe Jordan. That's McCarty getting the ball out to Jordan. And stabbed it in. And it's a goal. Joe Jordan. Jordan against Broadhurst. And Broadhurst didn't do very well. But Jordan did. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Manchester United podcast. I'm Helen Evans. I'm Sam Homewood. I'm David May. Hey, that was good. That was very good. Good week, everyone. Yes. Snowy cold week. Forget that. Snowy cold week. Yeah. I spoke to Roy Keane. Oh my word, yes. Why have we not even talked about this instead of saying hello and welcome to the podcast? This is the first podcast since I did it. Maisie played with him. You're always walking dogs with him. I saw him and I took my opportunity. I spoke Can I just to say, I don't, I, like, I've literally just walked past him when he's been on a dog walk. All I don't the time. You probably about. stroked his dogs and all sorts. I'm actually right, working tell as us, well. Tell us. So I was at a party that he was at and I got an inkling that he was going to be there. And I thought, if he's here, and I messaged you all and I said, I think Roy Keane might come to this party. And then about 10 minutes later, I saw him and I took my advantage and I stormed at him. And I was like, Roy, I do the main night podcast. Come on the podcast. He said, when? I said, whenever you want. He then, because I'm thinking, brilliant. He said, when? He then says, why? Which is more of a stumbling block. <laughs> I say, because, you know, we'll go through your, your story. You can talk to Maisie. And I'm about to say, and Helen's on it. You walk past her all the time with your dogs. <laughs> and just as I say, Maisie goes, I can talk to Maisie all the time. Why would I want to do that? There you go. Yeah. I said, it'll be fun. That's what I told him. And he said, he'd think about it. I reckon it was maybe a minute or two's worth of conversation. Well done, Sam. Well done. But I gave it a go. Absolutely took one for the team. Yeah. The problem is you had nothing to go to next after that conversation. Like when he How said when, what were you going to say? I said Like on this date? No, I just said, need... I said whenever you want. I yeah, put no, it in his call. When, when are you ever going to get in contact with him again? You should have given your email you address. Or phone. Yeah, I've got hand warmers. Yeah. Standard. Well, at the, at the worst case scenario, I'm quite confident we will both be at that same event this time next year. Oh, so if he's not sake. come on in a year, I'm right. pretty confident I will see him again in a year at the same thing. Right. And I irritated him this time. I'll irritate him again. <laughs> I am not afraid. I encountered you Roy Keane and I survived. And I'll give it another go if I have to. Well done, Sam. Well done. Right, today, 
Yes. Joe Jordan. Mm-hmm. Yes. Have either of you met Joe Jordan before? I haven't. He's uh, he's also got like a, a sort of scary reputation. He's always in like the list of like football hard men, isn't he? Yeah, but I've met him and he just doesn't seem like that, but that's mm-hmm. usually I've never the way met him it is. Before, no. Only on the pitch side, just um, being in his presence, but not actually spoke to him. So looking forward to it. Not the type of player I would have probably wanted to play against. No, no I can imagine because he's, he, I mean, he's he, a bit of a hard nut. Yeah, he got stuck in, didn't mm. he? And nicknamed Jaws, of course. Yeah, because of his, I mean, yeah. I don't missing teeth. Yeah, not. I don't want to make people feel uncomfortable when I say this, but during a game of football, his teeth got kicked out of his head, I know. which feels like an incredibly horrible experience. Mm. Yeah, it's not nice. It's not even nice to say. No, no. I brought no, my nose no. doing that. Somebody you, kicked me in the face and brought my nose. Yeah, that, actually, I mean, that's yeah, you can't tell. Actually, yeah, Leicester. Oh, you can't tell, Maisie. Yeah. It's pretty straight. Well, the nose. first game back, I actually broke the other way. So strained it. <laughs> Get that. Yeah. That's amazing. I actually went to the doctor to see how they did it and they put a rod up your nose and just go, and that was it. And I went, oh. leave that, walked out. I'm having a good look at your nose now and it looks very straight. Very straight. I know. Because I told you the guy put it back. <laughs> yeah, he did a great job. Yeah. So Joe Jordan was, of course, a former Manchester United striker in the Mm -hmm. late 70s. Also had a fantastic career at Leeds, at AC Milan, and an incredible coaching career. Mm -hmm. Well, to say that was in our 69 now. Yeah. And he only finished last year. That's an unbelievable achievement to do what he's done in all those years. The longevity Mm -hmm. must, must say something about, obviously, his ability to, obviously, we all know his ability as a player, but. As a coach, as a yeah, and as also, yeah, as a person as well. You have to so, be yeah. a likable guy to, for people to have you around. Oh, also, a really a, a proper knowledgeable football guy. You've got to yeah. understand the game and be able to adapt because we know people talk about it so much. The the different styles and different approaches to the game and the different approaches of players as as they develop and change through generations. And and he's it's been across it all. That's 50 years in the game, 51 yeah. years in the game. That's uh, an incredible achievement, it really is. By the time this goes out, he'll be 70. All right, should we listen to the man? Let's get him on. Here's Joe Jordan. Jaws. Joe Jordan, thank you so much for joining us on the United Podcast. Pleasure to be here. We are currently in, I believe this is called West Box 4. Correct. We are in West Box 4. We've got a lovely view of the old Trafford pitch. Uh, when, when was the last time you were back here? Uh, just back a couple of years ago I think it was uh, the last game was uh, Man United versus Liverpool yeah that was the last time it was at Ultra I haven't been much what was the score? I think United beat them yeah I'll do won't it we'll leave it there absolutely perfect <laughs> does uh, does it conjure any memories when you look out of the pitch of when you were here as a player? I think you always have memories you know especially mm-hmm. when you see the stadium that you used to play in yeah uh, and I was fortunate enough to play in some great stadiums as being the host and also when you come uh, as a player and I've come here in both, you know, playing in, in the Rangers and also playing against them. So it's a great place to play football. And when you when you see it empty, you realise uh, uh, how big it is, you know. And yeah, I've, uh, I've got some good memories, both with the United jersey on and also with other jerseys. We've done okay here, but I enjoyed my time. I had three and a half years here and... Uh, it is a place if you you, you want to reach certain targets. Uh, this is one to, to play a, a club like this in a stadium that uh, you play within. Who is the team that you support now? Um, 
obviously for the sake of this podcast, if you could say Man United, that would be. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, I'm I actually, I, I support the, the teams that I played for. I, yeah. I started at Green at Morton. Yeah. And I'll, I'll, I do look for the results, you know. Uh, AC Milan, they get beat at the weekend with Sassola, and I, I can't believe it, you know. I do take an interest in them. Mm. And at the moment, uh, the last couple of, well, last week was a, was a bad one um, because Leeds didn't do particularly well and neither neither did United. So that's what, uh, I wouldn't say keeps me going, but my interest in, in football now is, is looking at more clubs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which you know, one first though? Which one do you look for the result first? Well, it's, 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 I would say it's a tie. It's between Celtic and Man United. Mm. Is, is Celtic the team you supported when you were growing yeah. up? Yeah. Right. And because I suppose it's not something people think about because when, like me, I'm just a football fan. So I watch and absorb as much as I can and I match as I is my team and that's who I love and, and that's it. But like you said, when you've played the game and you've been at different clubs, like even mentioning United and Leeds, I mean, how many people are there that would, that would support both of those clubs at the same time? Does it affect your relationship as a fan and the way you are connected to football clubs, do you feel? Does it make it stronger or does it almost lessen it? Because you've been there almost in a, like in a business sense. No, I was in a business sense. No, no. If I, t- if I take, I was brought up uh, in an area just outside Glasgow and I went and watched the Celtic play in, in, in great days. But my association with Manchester United was actually at the same, the same time, you know, um, I came from a, a little village uh, and there was a, there was a, a guy there ages with my father who he played with Celtic and played with Man United. His name is Jimmy Delaney. And if you look back in the history of, of uh, Manchester United, he's, he is prominent because Jimmy Delaney was a great player. Uh, Scottish international, um, won um, an FA Cup medal with Manchester United, with Celtic, won one in Ireland, Republic. And I think he got a, it's a record and he got one in Northern Ireland as well. Uh, I think it was a finalist. But Jimmy, Jimmy Delaney was, he was in the team that uh, Sir Matt Busby won his first trophy, FA Cup. So I was brought up on, on Jimmy Delaney and that associated with me Man United. So uh, at that time in the 50s, uh, when I was growing up as a little boy, uh, Manchester United were there. And it was because of Jimmy Delaney. So I, I went th- So they were my two teams, Celtic, who then again I could go and see and then eventually... I'd, I'd seen a lot of them uh, and Manchester United were the same so they were my two teams mm-hmm. you was born Joe in Cleland is it? that's right yeah. yeah yeah. what was life like growing up? it was it was good you know yeah. I went I, I, unfortunately I took a bike uh, last week there to uh, one of my cousins died so I went back to the funeral ain't changed no no ain't changed one bit and it was a great place I, I was pretty lucky you know um all there was was you'd be a boxer or you're, you're a football player. Uh, you know, I'm not just saying a way out, but a, a way to uh, to progress in life, you know. Mm-hmm. And it, for me, it, it became football. And uh, I think my environment there, and, and plus my parents, um, had a lot to do with the way things went for me. There was a lot of football players in Cleland. Jimmy Delaney's, he had a son, Pat. Uh, lots of, lots of players. Um and I was fortunate enough to get the breaks that, uh, first of all, I went to uh, I went to uh, Greenup Morton when I was 16, part-time. I uh, had a job in Glasgow as a draftsman. And um, after about two, two and a half years, I had to make a decision, you know, what, what was going to be the direction I go in. Mm-hmm. And, and I chose and took the gamble, um, which has its, its uh, falls and 
it's amazing. Uh, I, I went and uh, I went full time, and amazing full time. Got had a pre season under me. I only played six games for Morton, and, and I was gone. I, I came to Leeds, and at the time, you know, my, one of my last games watching the Celtic uh, was at Hampden Park against Leeds in the semi final of the European Cup. That was nineteen seventy, hundred thirty odd thousand there, wow. and Celtic beat Leeds, uh, but. Leeds were Leeds were the team in England at that time uh, in their consistency, mm-hmm. uh, and um, no, but two or three months after that to get the call, uh, and that, that was through um, a, 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 a guy called uh, Bobby Collins. Uh, Bobby Collins was a, a great Celtic player, Everton player, Leeds United player, and he came uh, to the the end of his uh, career at Morton. At, and he was still had a home in, in Leeds, and he used to go there and train when he was back uh, back home. And uh, Don Revy asked him, "Any good players up there?" Yeah, and he mentioned one or two, and, and I was one or two of the names. And they came and watched me, and I was away, gone. So, thank you, thank you very much, Bobby Collins. <laughs> uh, he, uh, his opinion um, stirred something, and, and Don Revy came and watched us, and uh, I was gone, and that was. That was the break I got, mm-hmm. you know, from uh, playing half a dozen games. And, Center uh, forward. I was, I, I was, not when I went to when I went to Morton. I was a midfield player. I, I was just a player. I yeah. play anywhere. Yeah. I just, um, but when I went at that stage, I was eighteen, coming down to Leeds. I came as a centre forward. Yeah, they, I, I've got to say I was very, very lucky because it, the club had great pros. Yeah. All na- nas- uh, nationalities, you know, homegrown. There was English, there was a Scots, there was Irish, there was a Welsh. Uh, but there was a great uh, contingent of Scottish players, you know, Bremner, Grave, Lorimer, some terrific characters as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, I uh, I learned the game. Uh, Where did you love f- for football to start as a kid? Just playing in the streets, playing with your mates? Exactly like that. Yeah. Yeah, every every day. Saturday every league, day. Sunday league. Did you play in them, or was it? I played. Uh, I played a school team, right? And I played for the parish team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, the, there was a parish league <laughs> throughout. Uh, as good as Christians we were, we still had a, a wee kick at each other now and again. <laughs> but that was that was the two teams I played for. I didn't play. Did, did you did you dad play football? Not really. No, no. no. My brother played. Um, and uh, that, that was it. But I came from a village where everybody was, right. a, that was a, you know, there wasn't much else to do. No. Is it know? a mining town? Yeah. Is that correct? So yeah. a lot of your family members were, I know your granddad uh, My granddad, died he, he, in the he mines, died. Yeah. He caught, caught in a, it was a collapse of the, one of the, the pits and that, and, and, and it cost him his life. And um, uh, that that was it. You know, it, it, I wouldn't have been a way I want would have wanted to go, and a way of earning a living. I think that was a real tough, tough life. Mm-hmm. Did uh, you, you know your it. granddad? Sorry, no, no, no. I only knew out my grandparents. There was only there was only one. Mm-hmm. That was my granddad. Mm-hmm. Who he, he was he was as sharp as a tack. You know, he mm-hmm. he was uh, he was on the ball. You know, yeah. Uh, after after the war, he um he, he lost part of his hand and that and, and he got a wee bit of compensation and, and he uh, he bought some some army lorries they were going cheap so he bought the lorries and he ended up uh, although he lived in a council house and stayed in it um, 
he had a few bob, you know, because he, he worked his, his backside off, you know, and then he got these lorries and he did demolition and everything. And uh, so he was, wow. and, and he always had a, a few quid. We managed to, and it didn't happen to okay. I, I used to get a holiday, you know, he had a caravan and he had a double decker bus. He had a double decker bus and he um, changed and he had beds upstairs and he had a kitchen downstairs in the double decker bus and we had it down in, in, uh, in Ayrshire. So he got all the family, got a holiday, two weeks down there, whatever. All on the same bus? And on the bus, and he, he had a, a caravan as well, and he had an ambulance. What? <laughs> with that many people, I suppose, just in case something goes wrong. He had an ambulance with the beds in it. And How big was your family? It was a big, big family. Seven. That's amazing. Seven, seven sons and daughters. And That's plus. brilliant. But that, that, he, was, he was a great guy. So, and as I said, I, I was lucky because those days, holidays was, nah, no chance. Rarity, yeah. And we, we got a holiday. Mm-hmm. That's so, amazing. Was the bus actually a static bus or was it like? It was a static bus. Yeah, yeah. That was it. And he, he just bought it out. He bought it. Say, it was like run, run down, just, a bit, just a bit finished. And he, he gutted it and put the beds in. Had a wee area mm. for where the, the, the oven brilliant. was. Brilliant. Stayed there on a seat. <laughs> that's uh, class. You talked about how in the area people grown up and it's football or boxing and obviously there was mining, but you also mentioned you were an apprentice draftsman, right? So presumably you had a real talent for art. Uh, not really. I wouldn't say I had a talent. Uh, I, I, I went to college and from college uh, I got an opportunity to get some uh, interviews and, and, and I ended up in Glasgow uh, in a draft in an architect's office, and, and I was there, and I was there, and I trained. After that, I went to Bella Houston Park, where in Glasgow, and I, I trained three nights a week uh, with Morton part time there with the rest of the guys. And one night I went to college, uh, you know, night school. So that was it. And Friday stayed in, which a lot of them didn't, because they were out in the pub. <laughs> mm-hmm. you, uh, and and I, I I didn't get involved in that at all, you know, because we were playing in the Saturday morning yeah. uh, with Morton playing in the reserves, and uh, so so that was my upbringing. And it was a great, uh, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, although there 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 wasn't much, you know, uh, you know, every penny was a uh, you know a prisoner mm-hmm. now, but no, I I, uh, I was looked after really well, you know, uh, and uh, both my parents worked, you know, um, to bring in the money to to look after us and great days, you know, I enjoy yeah, it. it good days. Obviously there's, I mean, we've interviewed uh, plenty of Scottish people that have played for this club as well. Did you come across anybody in your childhood or teenage years that you went on to play against or play with? Where, where I came from? Yeah, well, and when you're playing against another parish league, whatever, no. where it was set up, no? No. You know, I don't think that has changed and maybe even got worse now. And you'll know how, how difficult it is mm. t- to be a football player. Mm. You know, I, I was reasonably thought of in the school team. I never, never went any further than playing for my county, which was Lanarkshire. I never played at any level, like under 18 Scotland mm. or all that, you know, 16, 17, 18, I never played for any. I, I, there was that that much, I mean, a talent there um, that uh, I, get, I get through the Lanarkshire and that was me. Mm-hmm. So 
I never really played against lads of that quality that later on, uh, that I can look back and say, oh, I played against him in such and such mm. a, you know, Lanarkshire against Ayrshire or Dumbartonshire or something like that. It never, never happened. And then, and also when I went to Morton, I can't really recall uh, players that I, that I played against in like the reserves. The only one was Gordon McQueen, I suppose. Gordon played with St Myrne and uh, he played for St Myrne Reserves and I played, I think I played against Gordon once and then we, we met up two, two years after that when Gordon eventually came from St Myrne uh, to Leeds and we've been friends ever since. We ended up in digs together and I was his best man, he was my best man and we were at Leeds and then we came to Man United and um, we, we, you know, We've kept in contact all those years. Well, it seems like a good time to tell us exactly what happened. I know you did touch on it briefly, but that move to Leeds United in detail, how it happened. I, Bobby Collins had, had recommended me and and then he came back and he kept me informed of what was happening. And he says that um, Leeds were interested and then they were going to make an offer. Did that surprise you at the time? Because at this point... Are you expecting I'm going to make it as a as a professional? I'm- no, okay. no, I'm just digging in and making mm-hmm. sure that I, I give it what I've got. I have taken a gamble because I've left opportunity to be a draftsman mm-hmm. and putting the years in, mm-hmm. and I'm going to be uh, focused on on being a football player. So these were the words that they came out of Bobby. Bobby says, I, "I think they've made an offer for you," and. Um, I waited and waited, and then there was a guy called Hal Stewart. He was the manager, old old type guy, you know, old school. And he said that they'd had an offer, and um, then they would let us know at the weekend if um, they would accept it or not. So I went home, and my parents were up to date on do you the know fact. What, do you know what the offer was? Yeah, it was fifteen grand. Right. And the the, the wee story was that uh, I waited the weekend. We didn't have a telephone. Mm-hmm. So we were in the street, Green Gardens, and the, the woman across the road, she was the only one in the street that had a, it was a wee street, she was the only one that had a phone. So I, I gave the number, and I said, if it happens, this is the number to ring. So we waited and waited, and then on Sunday night, I got the call. So and she came like a net across the road. Yeah, let's go for you. <laughs> this is amazing. That's so good. <laughs> and uh, so I went across, and I was told to bring my bag, and things were right. Then uh, you'd be going down there's a club in England who are interested in you because all my con- all my contact and up to date was with Bobby Collins. Yeah. I knew what was happening, but they had said there's a, a there's a team in England that are interested in and they wouldn't tell me. And he wouldn't tell me on the phone. It didn't bother because I no, knew. No, yeah. I mean, I, it, it sounds crazy, but that's the way it was, you know. So I got the information. I wasn't, I didn't have a car when driving and that. So I used to get picked up and there was four of us in the car that went from Motherwell down to Greener, and it was a, but I knew on a bit drive, and they didn't know on second, and so, from telling my parents, not sleeping, up in the morning, meeting the lads, they were senior pros to me, and they were saying, oh, where are you, what's, I had the bag, where? I said, I'm going, to, I'm going, to, I'm going to Leeds, you're going to Leeds, and then they started to find out what was going on, I told them, he says, he hasn't, still haven't told me the team, but Bobby said to me, and then they start, start to tell me what I should get, be getting, you know. You should be getting a few quid for going. Yeah. So when I got there and went in to see Hal Stewart 
and everything was sorted out. Everything was ready to go. And I says, um, I want, I think it was something like 750 quid to go. Yeah. And he told me to get out. <laughs> yeah, not getting anything, son. Is that because the lads in the yeah. car had told you? Yeah, they'd advise for this. Yeah. Right. Yeah, they were saying, oh, you should get this, you should get that. Because I told him, I think it's about 15 grand. Because Bobby yeah. told me they're both mm-hmm. for 15 grand. He says, you should be getting, some of them were saying, a thousand pounds, you get a thousand pounds. I thought, oh, I'm not going to be greedy. <laughs> I'm going to buy it where you go, how far they appreciate it. And um, they wouldn't give me anything. So eventually we came to a compromise. He says, if you play 25 games, we'll give you 500 quid. Mm-hmm. You'll get 500 quid when you play 25 games for Leeds. So I was desperate. Yeah. And I grabbed it. So what was you on at the previous club as a wage? I would have been on 12 quid. And you went to Leeds and got, And I thought I was going to get a fortune, you know? Yeah. I ended up getting 34 quid. Right. Troubled your age, Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, no. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I, I went there for, for lodgings, yeah. you know? And that Absolutely, would have been yeah. yeah. So I, that's what I got. Once I had played my 25 games, I, I remember that because I was, I was counting the games. I, <laughs> I never got my money. <laughs> oh. And I, I, I went in, I, I was raging, you know? I don't know I'd seen Don Revy. And I told him the story. I got it the next day. Yeah. He phoned on he phoned uh Al Stuart, this this kid, you better give him the money or I'll blow everything in the paper. And I'll, I'll, he says, You you'll need to do it or you're in trouble. And I got my money the next day. Was it a difficult move moving from home to, to Leeds? Eh, uh, not really. No. Or getting on the train. Just on the, yeah, I don't know. I stro- he took me up to, to Glasgow and I got I got the train down to Leeds getting about two in the morning and the assistant manager was there and took me uh, to the hotel. And that was the start of uh, what an adventure. What yeah. Uh, was going in in the morning. And you, I got I went in, in the morning. It was nineteen seventy and I went in, in the morning and uh I seen these there's about six and it was a, a fourth cartina, uh, white, where, and the emblem was the, the England badge. Mm-hmm. And it was all the players that had been to the World Cup with England in Mexico. Ah, oh, yeah, of course, yeah. It, but I think it was about five players plus the coach, Les, he was there, Alan Clark, players like that, you know. And there was, I think it was Paul Reaney who'd broke his leg just before that and couldn't go, but they gave him a car. And I'm going in, I've seen all these, all these cars. And that, that was, it. I thought, yeah, phew, this proper is a club. club. Mm-hmm. This is proper. All these English players. Mm. Was it daunting going into that dressing room as a young kid? No, really. No. 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 Was you never that type of person no. in aura people? Or? No, never. No. And I don't, I, I'm not being Billy Big Team. No, no. That, no, I wasn't. It, it, it never bothered me um, that Billy Bremner was there. Yeah. When I went in, it was a home in the way. And I went into the away dressing room. And what Don Revy did, he never put me in in the uh, home dressing room. You had uh, Bremner and Gels and that, which were four. Yeah. They were, they would, they would rip you apart, you know? They would, they, because that's what they were. Yeah, yeah. And I went into the other dressing room and Don Revy put me between Lorimer and uh, Eddie Gray. And I, went there. and I still get ripped apart, you know, because <laughs> I came with a gear mm-hmm. and uh, I, I, get, I get slaughtered. I'd, because uh, it was, I, I just said I'd work in an architect and I'd, uh, like it was an oil skin 
jacket, you know, but you know, Smart. you know, yeah. university yeah. thing. Oh, I got, I got slaughtered. I never wore it again. <laughs> never. <laughs> it gone. It went. <clears throat> May I ask a, a personal question? At this point, did you have your teeth? Yeah. You still had them? I had. Cool. First game I played. Yeah. At Leeds. Yeah. I lost my teeth. Boy, kicked them. Yeah, what happened? Them. I was at Coventry, uh, Coventry away. I was still in the hotel. Um, it was my first game. I didn't play straight straight away. I went down there and a wee period of time. Then I, I played for the reserves and I played. It was the first 20 minutes and uh, Cross came in and, and it was a diving header and the boys just booted the ball clear and booted me. And uh, that was him. They were... Uh, they were there on the grass. You did keep them for a while, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah I did. Did it? Because, well, I mean, maybe this is, you know, this might sound stupid. I feel like that would be a truly horrible experience to have your front teeth kicked out of your head. But you'd talk about it very calmly. What will be, will be. It, it, it wasn't, it, yeah. it wasn't, okay, so I went in and that was... I, I, I actually played on it and then I had to what? come off. You carried on? Yeah, I had to come off. I just... It was a mess. Yeah. But anyway, I, I, they fixed me up with a, a dentist uh, as soon as I got home. But all it was was to, was to get her like a plate, you know, get yeah. the measurements. And it was it was a couple of weeks before I had no teeth. And that was that was a nightmare mm-hmm. because it, I was still in a hotel and I couldn't, I couldn't go. How could you go out? You couldn't. I had to go to training. <laughs> uh, it was, and it, we used to go uh, from Ellen Road across or across the way to Sheila's cafe. It was so th- there was all these people in this this cafe, and, and I had to go across and and have what I was going to have to eat in it. And there was no hiding place. No. That that was a tough bit. Yeah. Could you eat? Yeah, I could. Yeah. Um, just got a nibble. But, in, but in, <laughs> okay, beans and toast, you got away with that. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it was, um, it, it wasn't easy, you know, I'd go and sit in a corner. I didn't want to no. like, talk to people or I wanted to be, try and talk to people because you, you wouldn't be talking properly. I, my mouth was in a wee bit of a mess. Mm. But once I got over that, you know, I ended up, I lost two more in incidents in football, you know, getting somebody heading me and things like that. Yeah. So I ended up with, with that. But, it's never something that's it's really bothered me, you know. Part of your job, isn't it? Getting just got on with yeah. it, you know. That's life, you know. I've been pretty lucky. My te- other injuries, yes, I've had to, but I think overall in the career that I've had, I've been pretty lucky. And then, so just just because, so obviously I've I'm not old enough to have seen you play, but obviously I've seen loads of images of you. And when you played, you didn't have teeth, right? So just to, for people like me who would be listening. So did you have, you got some teeth made, yeah, and you, but you didn't wear them when you played, and then no, you put them in after. That's right. Cool. And a gum shield, I, I, I don't see the, the wearing a gum shield, you know, because your gum shield, you've got to take them out to talk and put them back. Yeah. And rugby players can do that because yeah. the game stops. Time, yeah. And to to get a permanent brace in there and then go and play, what you're going to do is make it easier. If you do get another whack. Mm. Those teeth that are, that are false, yes, plus the ones like, yes. that are carrying the weight. I remember go, people telling me that when I played hockey. Yeah. They all fall like? They all fall. So I thought, no, that's enough. Yeah. So so I went that way. And it, again, it, it didn't bother me, you know. And the nickname Jars came around. 
Then Joyce, that's what I tell you. They, uh, and that was a, it was a good, it was a yeah. good thing that because they took it in and there's a sense of humour in it. Yeah, I suppose a bit of an icebreaker when you go somewhere and yeah, it's a bit of banter, isn't it? Yeah, they did it in Italy, didn't they? They called you. Yeah, I can't the word is yeah, the, squall, squall. yeah the, the shark, right? Yeah, you did. So that was Joyce's squad. So I, I got. Um, I get named there, and it it was good, you know, the fans and banners and things like that. They they loved that, and so there was a connection there. Mm. Was you always aggressive? Was I always? Yeah. Um, or was that just the nature of football? Wasn't yeah, it? I think that was part. It's a look part after of the, the game, whether you're a defender, it, it it was it was Tough. unbelievable compared with what I see now. I look back, and there's one one game that. that um, I've got it somewhere, you know, someone sent it on uh, YouTube or something like that, and it lasted for about eight minutes, and it was a big game, and I think because it was such a, the opposition was Barcelona, mm-hmm. and Barcelona, who, who were associated and are associated with football as it should be played, mm-hmm. and in that game that I played, uh, you had Johan Niskens, you had Cruyff, you had quality, you know, it was a semi-final Semi-final European Cup. You ought to see the tackles. Uh, unbelievable. When both, and they end up Gordon gets sent off. He ended up, couldn't take any money. He laid the boy out. They've got a, they've got the video of it. But during the game, it was just the second leg in Barcelona. It was a war. Mm-hmm. Um, and we won it. We won the, well, we drew the game when it went through. Yeah. Played in the final. What age would you have been then? I was uh, um, 23. 23. Mm. You've obviously coached a lot since you retired. Do you find that difficult, a difficult aspect of coaching then that, I don't want to say the word people are going a little bit softer, but you know what I'm... You can, yeah. <laughs> I think I just did. <laughs> yeah. But it was very different football for you back then. And we've had plenty of people on the podcast who, Paddy Creran, for example, he likes to complain about players being too soft nowadays. Did you find that difficult when you were... Um, coaching I, I, for all those years? No, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say soft. I, I think one of the things I think the game's improved in certain ways. Okay. And another another ways not. I mean, simulation, um, uh, party for one. You could not accept that. No. I can't accept that. And I've got to say, the foreign players have been given um, a lot of stick for the way that they had. I've, I've got to say, it's, it's a lot of the Brits. Yeah. Brits are as bad as them, and I, I think it, it's a part of the game. It, it, it demeans the game, and it makes it hard. It makes it hard for referees to do what they have to do because mm-hmm. um, they want the game to run. And I think it's been a little bit better this season. I think they've looked at and think because I think for the for the supporter, I think it ruins the game yeah. because it is it's a, it, it's a physical game, and you've got players, and you'll see them, and you think. He ain't been touched, and he's done three twirls and a parade. You know, and the supporters know he, there's nothing wrong with him. Yeah, I think it's bad for the game. And I can obviously I can go back to the other side where you played in the game in, in my era, and people would try to break your leg. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You know, so that that's a wee bit naughty, mm-hmm. to yeah. say the least. <laughs> and it, it, it was it was a Brilliant. cruel game. Yeah. But I think you've got to get the balance right. And I don't think the balance is right anymore. 
We can take a quick break now because okay. I think there are hot drinks here. Oh, grab your hot drinks. Oh, my word. Look, look at that guy on the pitch. Sorry. He's actually blowing the sand with a leaf blower. Sand. That's snow. That's that sand, snow, snow. <laughs> yeah. So we've had a little break there. Everybody's got a nice hot drink and Joe's put his jacket on because it's actually pretty cold in this room. So cold, in fact, that Helen has just spotted down on the pitch. There's a guy with a leaf blower trying to get rid of some of the snow. Which is, or sand. Or sand, as Helen called it, which is not sand <laughs> we've seen before. Um, Still in holiday mode. We've done that we don't like diving. So let's talk about Manchester United. Joe, how did that move come about? And at the time, was the rivalry between Leeds and United like it is today and like it has been for the last however many years? Yeah, I think that aspect, yeah. Definitely both sets of supporters have maintained that relationship, yeah. Yeah, okay. As long as it's uh, in the right way, I I think it is healthy. You know, Mm -hmm. they have a rivalry and and have have someone that you can... and those uh, Manchester United have always always been since I was a, a great club, mm-hmm. unbelievable. Um, what would you say? Size uh, all over the world, everywhere. When I came to England and seventy Manchester United were they were still Manchester United, but as a team, they were coming to the end of an era, or it was going to be a change of an era. And Leeds were the team with Liverpool. And there always ha- has been uh, that that edge to to those games when I played in them, um, and, and even now, uh, it's always been. Mm-hmm. You know, I I don't know why it's been that way, Lancashire, Yorkshire, all that. I don't think it helped when no, a number of the players had left the club. I I left the club. How did it happen? I uh, initially started because I wanted to go abroad, mm-hmm. and I get denied it an opportunity in 1975. I played against Bayern Munich in the, in, in the European Cup final. And after the game, uh, I got tapped and they put in an offer for me. And I thought, poor, this, this is, sounds good to me, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, I, I, and, and I did think from a, a personal point of view, I thought Leeds then after that European Cup final that that was them on the top and possibly on the way down there was going to be changes Don Revy had left a lot of the players had got to the age where I think they they thought it was coming to the end of their career so from from my point of view I thought to go to Bayern Munich who were European champions I think yeah I fancy that What was was the lure of actually moving away from British football? Um, I thought it it was um, a number of things. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't lie. I think financially it would have been yeah. better off for me. Mm-hmm. I was going to a team that had um, were on a, on a run. They they had beaten us. That was their second European Cup in the following season. They won their third in a row. So they so that was a, yeah. a club that was on at their peak. And um, I thought, well, it, it's time for me to move. Uh, I was at an age. I thought, yeah, um, I was in a relationship, which we ended. We ended up getting married. It would, I think it would have been right then. Mm-hmm. We could have went. I was, it, it was young. But anyway, it, it didn't come off. Um, there was a story how it, how it did develop. When uh, I'll tell you about it because it's, it's quite it's true. After European Cup final, we went away. We went for, to Spain for a week. The whole team. Mm-hmm. We were in the hotel, we were at the pool. And at that time, as I say, you, you all know, the, the, in, the, in the dressing room, 
you got to handle it. You, you can't let your guard down at any time and yeah. Mickey taking, setting you up, this, that and the other. So um, there was a lot of um, press regarding my, the possibility of me uh, leaving Leeds and Bayern being interesting. And I got a call at the, at the, at the pool and the waiter came over and says, Mister, there's someone wants to speak to you on the phone. He's, he's Mr. Kramer. And I thought, nah. It's one of the lads. Yeah. <laughs> so Mr. Kramer was the manager of Bayern Munich. And I says, hey, Gordon, I'm getting set up here. Yeah. You go, you kid on your me, and give as good as, as you get. And I'm looking around, I'm looking for Billy Bremner, I'm looking for Johnny Gell. I'm looking for one, one or two that, that would do it. You know, the season's over. You know, you never get too big for your boots. So Gordon went over and he got the phone at the bar and <laughs> he says, this is, the boy says, is Mr. Kramer here? Uh, is, is that, is that Joe, Joe Jordan? So Gordon says, yeah, it is. What can I do for you? He says, it's, it's Mark Kramer, uh, um, manager by me. Oh, hello, Mr. Kramer, how are you doing? <laughs> so it goes on and on. Like, ah. And he's saying, he's saying to Gordon, you know, we would... Love to have you here. You know, you play with Gert Miller up front, with this, that, and the other. And so Gord says, yeah, it sounds good. He says, but the only way I'll come, he says, is if you sign my friend in centre half, Gordon McQueen. Brilliant. <laughs> he says, I'm not coming. I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to Jeremy on my own, but if, I, if you sign a centre half, which uh, I think you need, you, you know, the twos will come and I would be delighted to. And Mr. Kramer, he went on and he says, we've got Beckenbach <laughs> and we've got Schwarzenberger. And they, they played that the year before in the, in the World Cup final and they, and they won the World Cup. So then there's a banter going on. Yeah. And goes, ah, but Schwarzenberg, he's getting old. McQueen's a young lad, he's coming through. And, all that. <laughs> and it went on and on and on. And then he come back to me after having he says, Yeah, hey, well, I sorted them out, don't worry about that. But I tell you what, whoever it is, he's got a terrific accent, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the story on that one. And um the morning that we left, I got a call about five in the morning, me and Gordon in bed, and, and I got woke up and it was it was Detmar Kramer again and he'd phoned the room and he says, Have you any more thoughts about it? About coming. I says, listen, when I get back, and when I get back to Leeds, and we're leaving up this, uh, later on today, I'll go in and see the man. He says, well, we've made an offer, record offer, see what you can do. And I went in, and they wouldn't let me go. So I, was, I wasn't pleased at all. And I think even then, I, th I think my contract was up. Yeah. But they had your registration. I couldn't do nothing. Mm. So a little bit down, down the line where my, my I was, it was 1977, uh, I got an offer from Ajax to go there and I had talks when the Leeds were going to let me go because uh, that was it, you know, I, I, I'd been pretty, pretty strong, you know, I said once, you know, an opportunity, I, I want to go, I want to go yeah. abroad. Anyway, I listened to what Ajax as he said and, and, and honestly, the, the financial package wasn't, wasn't good enough. Mm -hmm. And I think what the, I think Leeds maybe had, were getting a wee bit, uh, uh, well, let's, he, he doesn't want to be here. So then Manchester United came in a couple of weeks after that, just out of the blue. So that, that's how did you hear about that? Um, I heard about that from I think it was Jimmy Anfield, the manager, just out of the blue. He says, um, 
Manchester United have agreed a, a fee with ourselves and um, they would like to speak to you. I says, fair enough, I'll do that. And then he, he rang me back and he says that they'll be at the Ellen Road car park at such and such a time. And then when when I, I arranged to, to go there and meet them there, and it was Dave Sex and Les Olive, remember yeah, Les Olive? Yeah, yeah. Sir Matt was there and Mr. Edwards, the chairman. So they were there. I thought, poor. They, they mean Proper, business. Yeah. So I went back to my house in the wee village outside Leeds and we um, we agreed. We agreed everything. When that was it, I was here the next day. You obviously talked earlier on in the conversation about how, as a child, Manchester United were such a big club to you as well as Celtic. What was that moment like then for you, even though you'd been at Leeds, that moment where you came here? Uh, to be to be honest, I, I, I wouldn't have. I wanted to go abroad. I, yeah. wouldn't, I wouldn't have left Leeds to, to go. To, 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 and I'm not just saying that, you know. I wanted to go abroad. It didn't happen, but Manchester United, right out of the blue, you know, it was mm. it was a bit of a shock because it was not. So sometimes you'll hear snippets in the paper and through a club or maybe get a, a journalist to put a bit in, and you, so you you get a sniff at it. That never happened. It was completely uh, from in the space of twenty four hours, uh, and it, it was a shock. An exciting shock. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that will do me. Yeah, <laughs> I, I want to go. And, and Manchester yeah. United, you know, Manchester United, I've always been Manchester United. And although they, at that particular time, they were, they were back on on the men, so to speak. Uh, they had gone with, with Tommy Docker and they'd won the FA Cup because they knocked us out in the semi-final. And one of the years, they'd been there two or three years. There were signs of it, you know, coming through the bad times that they'd had. In, in respect for, for, you know, challenging for trophies and things like that. So, yeah, I was up for it, 100%. Did it feel like it was going to be a challenge for you then? Yeah, it was a challenge. You know, Le- Leeds had gone a little bit stale. You didn't know where, where they were going. I didn't know where they were going. And it was a challenge. And I think in your career, you're looking for that at, at the start of a season, you know. Who was the players in the dressing room then? At United? Yeah. Um, we Lou. Yeah. Uh, Martin, the Scots, yeah. you know, can't knock them back. They're there. Did you speak uh, to them at all before? No, 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 no I spoke no. to nobody. It happened that quick, right? And what was their reaction when you walked through the dressing room? Uh, well, I came here. I must have been because they used to come here pre-match day, and when I signed, it was all done here, and they were there because on a Friday they used to come here mm-hmm. and in the cliff during the week, but. Prima I say on a Friday they come here and they have a five aside on a quarter of the pitch. Right. And then they'll go in there and have a bite to eat and then off home preparation for the day. So I, I remember Samuel McElroy wishing me all the best uh, because they were in another room and everyone was going on with the media. So it, it was um, a reasonably strong um, Jimmy. Jimmy Greenoff was here, ex-Leeds player. You felt at home then? Yeah, really? I feel at home, yeah. yeah. Yeah, how many Scottish internationals were here then? There was a, the, uh, Alec Forsyth, remember him? Yeah. It was Alec Forsyth, uh, Arthur Robinson, mm-hmm. Martin, Lou, that's four. Four at least, I don't know about the young boys. Gordon arrived about three or four weeks after me. I get the blame for it, but it <laughs> <laughs> did did he have the same sort of phone call we had with Bayern Munich? 
No, 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 no. I actually wanted to ask, sorry, can we just go back to that? Because it's going to really annoy me. At what point did you realise that it actually was him on the phone? Did you only realise the se- after the second phone call that must yeah. have actually been him? Yeah, when, when I thought when I, I thought sorry. about it, I'm working and nobody was doing up. And there, were, there was nobody around the pool that came out and started you know, convulsions or yeah. laughing. And I thought, Phew. Maybe it was. Because it, that had been in the paper, you know. And I thought, oh, Craig, I wonder if that, there is something in that. And it wasn't until then. And but as soon as I, I knew um, with the, the telephone call mm-hmm. that I got in, in Spain before we left, I was straight into Jimmy Anfield. Mm-hmm. Oh, what's going on here? So did, I just wanted to go Did you end up, obviously, that night or that day, that morning, you was with Gordon. Did you end up becoming room partners as well? You and Big Gordon? Yeah. No? Yeah. Yeah. What was he like? Um, hilarious. Apart from daft as a brush, yeah. Yeah, hilarious. Yeah, he's, he's having he's not having such a good time at the moment, but and, and mm. I I find it hard to to, uh, to take it in what 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 he is what he is now, mm-hmm. and what he was then. It, it, it's it, it's um it's sad, you know. Yeah. It really is. Like, I, I don't really know how to express it because he's not. Gordon was life and soul of party. You, you would have come across him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, we were in digs together. We, you know, grew um, up together. Yeah, it was me, me, Gordon, and my, my brother came, and he he stayed there. But me and Gordon, you know, I, I remember once again, the poor of the dressing room. We we had to be down for a certain time on a Friday. It was to do training and then to go to London for a game. And we're in the car, Gordon's car, when we're going up the out the days, going up the road, we're only about a couple hundred yards up the road, and he gets a puncture. And if you're late there, it's a fine, and you get slaughtered by the players. So it was a panic job. So I volunteered, I'll run back to the digs. You take you fix over you. <laughs> and um I'll phone them and tell them. We're late. We're going to be late. Maybe that. Maybe we won't get fined. We, you know, you'd be ten pounds each or something. So I had to do that, and he had to get the, the wheel sorted. And we to get down. We were late, and we got slaughtered, and we got fined. But that, that, that was it. You know that those little things um, that went on. We, and we, we had great digs. And we were there a couple of years, and then at that time, Don Revy wasn't one for allowing players to have their own apartment or anything like that. You know. Those days they were taboo. You had to have a landlady. Yeah, Mrs. Jones was ours. Yeah, no, they were they were good days. And then we went went uh, to Gordon got married and I got married in, in the space of ten days. You know. So your careers really followed each other until you got to Manchester United. Really, for those what ten years or yeah, so. Yeah, a good ten years. Yeah. Gordon ended up at Lim, and I was in Presbury, mm-hmm. and we came here in, in the space. I, I got the blame for it. <laughs> Blame from who? Yeah, who the was Leeds blaming? fans <laughs> oh, right, yeah. for bringing him here because I, I remember going back. I was still about uh, six weeks after. Shortly after it, I went to Ellen Road. They were playing some. Leeds were playing someone in the cup, and I was still li- living in Leeds. And I, I thought I'll go to the game, so I went to the game, mm. and uh, I tried to get into Ellen Road, and the guy in the gate wouldn't let me in. <laughs> That's amazing. Wouldn't let me in. I thought. I was, so I, I I got out and left the car, and I went down, and I seen, I seen um, the club secretary, and he he, he was so apologetic. Why and wouldn't he, he let you in? He wouldn't let me in because he was obviously a diehard fan. Just yeah, he wouldn't let me in. So 
eventually Keith Archer was his name, the secretary, nice guy. So I, I went apart. The boy said, "Okay, because you've got permit," and he, he says, "You park there." So I parked my car there. And as I was getting, I was getting a bit of, a bit of stick from some of the, the supporters. The first time I'd been back, yeah, yeah. So I thought, Phew. so and Gordon was at the game as well, and he'd gone, he, he'd gone, and not with me. So I left before the end. I thought I'm not going to have any hassle mm-hmm. here. So I left before the end. So I left before the end. When I get to my car, he'd parked cars all the way around my car. Um, Can you get it? I was there. I was one of the last ones to get out. This, this. <laughs> Jeez. So that was a, so that was a real lesson. Yeah. Have you been back many times since? What was you actually thinking about going back to Leeds six weeks after you've left? Just to see the lads and just yeah, and see the game. Be all right. Yeah, you know, it was, a, it was a football game. It was Leeds. Yeah. Did yeah, you know I, Gordon? I never, I never did, crossed my mind. That I, did, did you know did. that Gordon were going as well? No, no, no. I mean, <laughs> um, at that time, you know. You, he had been at a club. We both went, and, and he got stick as well. Yeah, yeah, he got stick. With, he, the seats he was in, um, he was getting. What are you doing here and all that, McQueen? You know? So it didn't go down too well. So it was a long while. And the next time I went back, I think it was when we played there and got the same. Mm. Yeah, is that upsetting as a player to have given like everything you've got on the pitch for a team, and then because you've moved to be treated that way? I, c- I can understand now. How how deep it gets to mm-hmm. to a supporter, and they're seeing their, their player leaving. Um, and I'd been there seven and a half years, so it was a player that I, I grew up and learned to be a football player at Leeds. I lived in the city. My wife's from Leeds, and I liked it. Uh, but time moves on, and, and mm-hmm. I moved on. Uh, and, but I can understand the supporters. Yeah, I can, mm-hmm. because and even even now, you, you don't realise. Um, how close they get to their club. Mm-hmm. It's the exact same here. You did don't realise. Did you feel you had to, when you came to United from Leeds, did you feel that you had to prove anything towards the United fans? Yeah. Did you, did you come it's with like a reputation? You say, and, you know, it's, it's a challenge. It's, it's, yeah. It's, oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah. And it wasn't easy for me to come here. I, I, got, I didn't go off to a great start. It took me a while to settle in. Mm. For what reason do you think? Uh, Pressure. No, it wasn't any pressure. I, maybe I didn't play well enough. Um, a, a new system, a new way of playing, mm. getting too used to the players. N- not the pressure. No. no. The only time I really felt any pressure, remember we come here, um, because it was different, was, was when I went to Italy. Mm. But playing for Man United, it was never pressure. It was a, it was a yeah. desire. It was a pleasure. A, a pleasure. Yeah. Oh. No, it was fantastic. You know. And who were you competing with for... Jimmy spot. and Stuart Pearson. Mm-hmm. Stuart Pearson, he was playing for England at the time. Jimmy was a good player. So there was those three and then eventually there was um, uh, Gary Bertles came here. Mm-hmm. Andy Ritchie was here. Yeah. Played with Andy Ritchie for a few games. Yeah. No, there was there was plenty of opposition. There was plenty to, to compete against. But that that never that was never a problem either. The, the only one was Italy and the and that was for for different reasons, you know. I was I went to Italy, and there was an AC Milan team, and there was only one foreign player per club. So that in itself, um, you were the foreign player, and so you you were selected, and uh, there was a lot of pressure on there. There was an incident in the FA Cup nineteen eighty against Spurs with a goalkeeper. Yeah, tell us about that. Yeah, that that, that was an accident. That was that was life. 
Right. That, that was life. Uh, and it, it didn't it didn't turn out too well for us, never mind me, um, uh, because he could carry it off. And I think Glenn Hoddle went in goals and, and they beat us. Played a blinder. No, I, I do remember it. I, I do remember the, the incident. Uh, and I, th- those those sort of things happened every week. Mm-hmm. I think it, the unfortunate thing for him was th- th- was the way he fell. You know, I I I, um, I I went for the ball. He he came for the cross, and we both went down. And he's landed, and um, he was taken off, carried off. Mm. Dislocated his jaw, didn't he? Is yeah. That what happened? Yeah. Yeah. That wasn't me. How do you dislocate your jaw when you fall? So that was two FA Cups, uh, two years in a row. FA Cup final in 79 as well, isn't that right? Yeah, I, I played in the 79. I didn't play in the one yeah. prior to that because uh, I think that's when Man United knocked Leeds out. Uh, that was it. Mm-hmm. That was at Sheffield that game, right. 2 1. Was that a competition you enjoyed playing in? Yeah. Um, Particularly the 79 one? I think the FA Cup is it's got a, a, a magic too. I'm, I may be old fashioned that, but it was when when you grew up in my era, there was two two games, most important games, two games that you knew guaranteed were going to be on the TV. Was the Scotland England game and the FA Cup final. Mm-hmm. That's what we, we got that in Scotland, and they were great. And that was a day he did nothing but prepare for watching the game on TV and to be a player. In that era, your, your target was to play in an FA Cup. Yeah. That was it. Um, Got rich in the way you lost it. Yeah, it was an extraordinary game of football, wasn't it? Mm. What are okay. your memories of it? I thought we were going to win it. Well, at, presumably at 2-2. At 2-2. Yeah. It only lasted about 35 seconds. Or <laughs> yeah. I thought there's only one winner here. Mm. And uh, Liam Brady went straight up the, up the, the left side and got across in and uh, um, that was it, all over. I think if it, you know, if it went to extra time, uh, it was one, one. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those extraordinary things because I mean, I imagine everybody watching it, Arsenal fans and United, are thinking the same thing because yeah. they've lost their two-goal lead. All the momentum is with United. Psychologically, yeah. it's all with United, and it, yeah, then all went wrong right at the end, right? Yeah, it was an awful. I mean, I was I wasn't very fortunate with cup finals. I've lost quite a few. Mm. <laughs> nightmare. No, uh, I was just reading through the list. It was like lost. Well, I've lost them all. Lost. <laughs> yeah, all the, all the, all, all, yeah. European Cup final, uh. Cup Winners Cup final, Italian Cup final, English Cup final. <gasps> Unbelievable. Did you ever think it was a jinx? <laughs> uh, I, 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 they, they were hard, yeah. hard to take. Mm-hmm. Well, even, st- even st- still, the European Cup final was yeah because we we deserved to win that. It was awful. When you was at Leeds, and obviously when you came to United, who were the who were the rivals? Who was the games you? I mean, still now the Liverpool game is probably the biggest club for United to play against. Did you look at that particular game, or would it have been in the Manchester United? Strip. Yeah, 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 Liverpool. Yeah. What did you think was about those games? I think it was other than getting the points, and other mm-hmm. or getting through yeah. uh, the round if it was in the cup. Liverpool were the measure. Mm-hmm. You you measured yourself against Liverpool Football Club. Especially in that era, because they were the, they proved they were the better team. They they were they were the team, and Man- Manchester United were again still Manchester United, but were were trying to to reach that level again, as they are now. Yeah, it's, it's, there is a similar pattern. 
the pattern to it, you yeah. know. Did you use players? I know you said you only felt pressure in Milan, but did you feel any sort of pressure then to get to winning the league at that stage? I think there's always pressure playing with Manchester United. Yeah. Always pressure playing with, with any team. But you're playing, you're playing with the big boys, you know. And uh, but to get the club back to where yeah, people thought yeah, they should yeah, have been, it's to win trophies. Uh, yeah, and it is, a, it is about winning trophies. Absolutely, without any shadow, it is about winning trophies, you know. And uh, to to win trophies in those days, you you had to measure yourself against Liverpool. They had come through it. Uh, when I came to, to Leeds, it, it, the Leeds in, it was Leeds and Liverpool, and I remember, I remember as a, as a, a kid on the bench uh, going to Liverpool, uh, and I, I would only be nineteen, and we went there and we played Liverpool in uh, what was called the Fierce Cup, UEFA Cup. Mm-hmm. It was a semi-final, and we won one nothing. We bully scored, and then we went to Ellen Road on the the second leg, and we drew nil nil. And I came on in that game, and we played Juventus in the final, and that that was that was it. Leeds and Liverpool, yeah. they, they were the teams in that period. I know there was Derby County, was because if you look at that that era, that ten years before I came, Man United won the league twice, mm-hmm. Leeds won it twice, Derby won it, Man City won it, Everton won it. There was mm-hmm. a, a real depth of quality, co- yeah. Yeah, quality and competition, but that game. It really brought home to me the Leeds game against Liverpool and then playing Juventus, what it was all about. That That's what I came to England for. Mm. And I'll, I'll never forget, um, I know I'm getting away from my age, but it was, we went to play in Turin and we played on the Wednesday night. There was a player, player called Anastasi. He was the richest player in the world, the biggest fee. And there was Capello, I think, played in the game. There was, there was top players and, and I'm, I'm watching this and I, think, I, I can't believe this, you know. It was it was great. And the game got abandoned. It got abandoned, no, no. And they abandoned it. That was on the Wednesday because of the weather. It was un- right. incredible. So they got by and they, so the game was played on the Friday and we stayed in, in Turin until the Friday we played. And uh, Leeds, we drew 2-2. Two, two. I didn't play. And we come back um, to, to Ellen Road for the second leg. And I remember being in the corridor there and seeing these Italian players coming out. And there was there was two Germans, uh, Haller and uh, Schwarzenberger or something like that. They'd World Cup players. They're yeah. looking at these guys doing the warm-ups. And I'd never seen anything like this before. So they're in the corridor before they start, before they go, and they're doing their exercise. And I thought, this is... Uh, we don't do this, you know. You yeah, just yeah. kick your legs at the bank, and, <laughs> and I'm looking at these guys. Four, four. This is what. Anyway, Leeds won. They won the first cup, um, and that was an experience. Just watching top players how they conduct themselves, how they can, how they yeah. can handle it. Mm-hmm. So coming to Man United, playing with Leeds was uh, was a great era for me. But coming here was coming to Man United. It was a team I wanted to play for, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a team that, that I grew up with. Um, I came to England and I got the chance. So playing with them was was an honour as well. But the pressure was pressure was there in, in football all the time, mm-hmm. uh, but no more so. You got to handle it. You got to handle the pressure. Yeah. And this is this is a place. Uh, it's a tester for you. 
Of your 41 goals, are there some that you can remember more fondly than others? Uh, the, the goals, um, Man City here at home. Mm-hmm. I think because it, you're talking about pressure, uh, it took a bit of pressure away from me. It was a, it was a winner. And there's about the 80th minute. So that was one. But it's always got, scoring any goal. Yeah. Any goal. Uh, uh, old Trafford. No, no, yeah. tap in, put it in my... <laughs> no, uh, no. How did you move to uh, Milan come about? Was it was it a sorry time leaving United at that time? Or was it the right time? Or I think it was the right time. It was, I, I wanted to play, you know, my yeah. story goes by. I wanted to play abroad. Yeah. I, I, I fancied that. And um, I tell you what, 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 what happened was um, the the year before, the year before I departed, 81, so it was it'd be 1980, uh, Dave Sexton says to me, uh, we, we want to exchange a contract. I says, yeah, great. He says, I'll have a think about it and come back. I says, yeah, I, I don't need anything else. I'll yeah, do it, yeah. yeah. So he called, a couple of days later, he says, what do you want? What, what do you think? So I told him, this is what I want, my contract, I want to stay. He says, yeah, I don't think it'll be a problem, we'll get that sorted out. What's your problem? He came back, he says, no, nah, they're not going to pay you. They're not going to pay you. I says, fair enough. And that was it. So what... And 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 I, I say this, and I'm not just saying it because of me. I I, I don't understand players. I thought, well, stuff that I'll, I'll show you. Yeah. So the 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 last year of my contract, I played really well. I was player of the year here. Mm-hmm. I was second year in, uh, on a row, and I was, so I thought, right, that's it. It's up to you now. And um, I was just waiting and waiting, and my contract had expired. But what there was, there was the Bosman rule had started to come in mm-hmm. then, and it wasn't quite there. But what what they had constructed was that a player could leave. I'm still holding your registration, and, and a lot of people find it difficult to understand that because you couldn't leave, and and I could. But what what they had they had said they could accumulate it in such a way if your age, your, your salary that you were on, the salary that were getting offered. Uh, your international status, all these factors, and it, it tallied up, and then they would come in. That would that's the fee, so that's the way it was. So AC Milan came in for me, and um, we went into negotiations, and then it was Ron Atkinson was the manager. He he just he'd arrive here, mm-hmm. and I remember having a chat with him over there, and he. He says, what are you looking for? I says, I, I told you, I don't want any, that, that's what I'm looking for. Well, yeah. Dave Sexton, a couple of months ago, that's what I'm after. He says, well, okay, we'll try and get it sorted out. So he come back and he says, um, well, we're thinking we're getting near it. I says, well, I've had an offer to go to Italy, or you see Milan. He says, oh, oh, well, I'll come back to you. I says, I'm off. Yeah. <laughs> I've agreed to it, I'm going. He says, and then, I was at the airport with a representative from Milan and w- w- there was a telephone con- conversation there between myself and Manchester United. And I says, I'm, I'm going on this plane. I'm off. Would there be in any way of you staying then? No. Or, that's it, you'd made your no. mind up. Did you, did you leave then because of the messing about with the club, not signing your contract no. out? I, I left because of the opportunity. Yeah. I suppose with the Bayern Munich opportunity being denied from yeah. you, I suppose you were even more desperate yeah. not to let this one go past. And you were 30 by this stage? I'd be 29. 29. Mm-hmm. That was my last chance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was it was to go to a club. Big Huge club. club. Yeah. Big club. Like like United, but mm-hmm. you know, big club. But I went I went a year. I, I went a year 
on the same money and fortunately played really well. But it was, without any... Sh- I thought, right. Okay, I'll, I'll get to the, the end of this contract mm-hmm. and I'll show you that I'm worth it. But when leading to, to the final days of the contract, it changed. And what was on the table, was it something that I wanted? Which was to go abroad, mm-hmm. live abroad, play abroad, and play for AC Milan. Wow! And then we're, I, no, it's it's too late. Yeah, I'm not I'm not interested in, in what the what the uh, the package is. I'm away. I'm on the plane, and I got on the plane. And it, it, it was it, it was the best move in many ways that I, I had in my career. Mm. What was the cultural difference like? Enormous. Yeah. Was it difficult? No, I just went with the flow. Right. But You're so laid back. I know. No, yeah, I, I, I think... Like, you didn't even have the mobile phones back then? No. Did you go with your wife and children yeah. initially? Yeah, I think it was harder f- for my for missus us. than it yeah. was for me. Uh, and the club were great. I mean, I mean um, the house had a beautiful house outside Milan. Judith came, we had three kids... At the time, the eldest was three, and the youngest was about two months. Wow. So we go in there, and they came round. I, I was away, Dave, I was away all the time. Yeah. Yeah. That, you're talking yeah, about yeah, culture. Yeah. I was away all the time, uh, pre-season. I used to leave during the week. I'd leave at 8 o'clock in the morning, and it'd be two or three days, 8 o'clock in the morning, i got back at 8 at night from training. I stayed there, uh, slept there in the afternoon, trained in the morning, trained in the afternoon, get in the car, come back, get the bus, sorry, to Milan. Yeah. And then the players would get in the cars and go on. So it was at eight o'clock. So it was hard for my missus. And I didn't, I was so blinkered, uh, but the, the club, the, the the chairman, his wife, she used to come round in her car with a chauffeur and take Judith to the shops and show her where to go and all that. They were great. Brilliant. They, they, they went out their way. Did that experience mould you in terms of the way you treated foreign players coming into the game when you were coaching them? I think it opened my eyes to professionalism in a in another way. Little thing, and there's loads of them, but it was the little things. We would go to Milanello training grounds, and we'd arrive there in the morning. The boys would have their have their coffee, you know, espresso and that. And then we go and train. We get come up. Uh, we'd have have lunch with our own room. We all had our own room, very Spartan, but there. So you would go in and we'd get changed, sit down, and uh, you'd have your meal, and you sit. And then the captain would go up and he would say to the manager, uh, "Mister uh, Gaffer, uh, can we go now?" And uh, the manager would say, "Well, is, is everybody finished their dinner? Everyone completed?" Yes, they have. Okay, you can go now. And nobody could go. And nobody wanted to go. And nobody could. Until everybody had finished their meal. And that was a, you know, I thought, Phew. that there was, no, there was lines. Don't cross, mm. but there was, this is the way it was done. And your <clears throat> your time at the club was, or your, your time there, uh, you worked for the club. Yeah. You know, it was, but it was no... Nothing you couldn't hand. It was. It was. What was the language barrier like? Yeah, that that was. Um, not many. They they made an effort. Yeah. But I, I got on with it, and and it wasn't until 
I got to Verona, um, where I, I could really understand the humour and all that, you know. Mm-hmm. And I've kept, I try to keep it up, my language, you know. How do you do that? How do you keep it up over all those years? We a lot of difficulty. <laughs> uh, I, I, I've got textbooks. Um, my daughter lives in Milan. I get, I've, I've lessons on my, uh, my iPad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I refresh it that way. And any Italian players that come to the, any of the clubs you've worked with, just... Yeah, no, I, just, I, I, do, I do when I, yeah. when I'll, I'll phone. I've, I've, I still uh, know two or three players in Verona um, and I'll phone them, phone them at Christmas, phone them at this, that and the other. You see them when we over, I go to Verona. I don't know if you've been. No. It's a beautiful place. Uh, and so is Milan. When I go there, I'll go to the, I'll go to the games at Milan and Verona. And I, I talk as much as I can, but that is the, the, the big obstacle is mm. not, not speak. I know the language. Yeah, but you're not speaking it every day no, to no. Italian and then you, people. You, you, no, I saw it, and I read the paper, Gazette della Sport. I read that, work it out, new words. I, I keep, I, I try to keep my mind. It, it helps me. Yeah. From just sitting about and doing nothing. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I think you've got to, especially with, with all the stories going on about dementia and you and you're thinking about it, and it's the last thing. You want to be associated, so I do. I, I do work at it, and that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons why I do it—to mm-hmm. to tax my brain, to work my brain. So that, and, and it's a—it's a fantastic country. Um, me and my missus, we go. You know, diversifying from, from football now, but we go all over. We go everywhere, and I, go, I don't go to the same place, you know. Mm. Going to Rome in next month, so been there a couple of times, but it's—it's <laughs> it's a, a fantastic country. But the, yeah, it, it was. Um, it was it was difficult um, the language to a degree. You had an interpreter though, didn't you? Pardon? You had an interpreter? Yeah, we Fuji. Ironic. Fuji. Fuji. Was, he, <laughs> oh yeah, he was a, a wee cracker. Um, no, they 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 helped me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they made it as possible. You know, the players. As I say, I still keep in contact with them. Did you enjoy the football? Football was hard. Mm-hmm. Um, for, uh it was hard because, as I say, pressure. There was a pressure on on me, as there were, I would imagine, other everybody, but other foreign players. I say mm-hmm. one player per club, and I'm I'm associated and standing there as an AC Milan player, and that is a responsibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my first year was it was hard. It really was. You know, they had come up. They had been relegated um, for, um, what would you say? Swindling? Yeah, in, in a Corruption. way. There were payments, um, betting it was, it was betting. It was betting, that, that, but it, was, it wasn't just Milan, other, other clubs, other players. Remember Paolo Rossi was, yeah. in, was in, 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 there was players and clubs. Anyway, Milan got, they get demoted, they get, uh, Put down, betting on what themselves on games. Wow, it's very. I mean, very difficult for us to understand that. Mm. So that 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 was there, and and they went down, and then they come back up. The, the place was in a wee bit of a turmoil. Mm-hmm. I in my first year, I had three managers. I had a manager when I signed, and by the time I got there uh, <laughs> for pre-season training, he'd gone, <laughs> and they had another manager, and he lasted to round about Christmas, and then he's gone. And then the other manager, he took us to the end of the season. And then at the end of the season, then I had another manager. It, it was, 
But that, that, that's their that's way. That's right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you, you'll get a manager. So how long was you at Milan for then? Two years. And how many managers? Uh, four. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But all in the first year? Yeah. Uh, first, no, first two. two they got, the, the, the guy in, in the second year lasted the year. Mm. Uh, Castanier. He was right. a good guy. I had, I had some mixed ones, uh, I've got to say. It feels like a good time to point out. You obviously had another very famous moment in Milan with Gattuso. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was. It was. Um, I wouldn't say it was a misunderstanding. Um, there, there, there were w- words um, thrown at each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't think I did anything wrong. Uh, he lost the place. Mm-hmm. He he lost it. Uh, I think he lost it because uh, he got uh, he got booked or whatever. And he wouldn't play in the foot in the next game, and that was him. Uh, he, he wouldn't play against us in the return match. And we eventually went through. Uh, I've met him since. He, he's all right. Who would, who would have won? Um, oh, there's no doubt. Well, I don't know about that. He's got a few years on me, but I don't think he was going to back down. No. Put it that way. In the, it's like he's, because uh, Tasker's obviously got the image up now so he can see it. It's like he's holding a statue. You, you couldn't look less phased by the fact that he's grabbing you around the throat. I'm not sure if Harry's pushing you forward and he's pushing yeah. you forward yeah. as well. Yeah. I've, got to, I've got to say that there was, I was going to do nothing. No. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Because when you're a player, that's different. You got a chance. Yeah. That's different because you are, you're up for it. Yeah. You're, you know, and you can do things when you're a player, you, you think, you come off the pitch and you think, I regret that. I, sh- mm-hmm. I shouldn't have done that. But when you're there, as much as you're involved in the game and wound up, nah, too, nah, no chance. Did you Did you enjoy your, uh, enjoy coaching? Yeah, I did. I did. Uh, before I, I go on, the, to, to, to be a football player, and play for the clubs that I've played for, especially here, that there's nothing for me to match it. To play the game, I was very fortunate uh, and playing some big games and play for my country. No, they're not. But management, and and I've done a lot of things in football and I've no, when I say I've no regrets, you make the decision, you think, Chris, I wish I hadn't done that. Uh, But, I've been very fortunate. I've had a, a, a long, um, a long time in the game. I mean, up until even last uh, last season, I was involved with, with Bournemouth, which was good. But no, playing the game is the thing. But I, I've had some great days. Uh, I mean, coming here, uh, for example, with Portsmouth and winning and yeah. going all the way and winning the FA Cup, that was a bit of a wee dream. That that was mm. good. But playing the game is the thing. Well, I mean, you, you say you had some great days. You're, you were inducted into the Scottish Football Hall of Fame. You're the only Scottish footballer to score at three World Cups. On the 110th anniversary of AC Milan, you were named as one of the 110 most important players. You won trophies at Leeds and at Manchester United, and you played in Italy, which was a dream to play abroad. I mean, you've, how do you reflect on it all now? Um, how I reflect, I, I think if I can sandwich it up, you know, I ended up playing through, I went to a World Cup as a Leeds player. Went to a World Cup through being a Man United player and I went to a World Cup as an AC Milan player. So I look at it that way and I went to I went to World Cups. I went and played for my country. And to do that, you got to play for clubs like this. Because mm-hmm. you, you come here and you can prove yourself that you can handle playing for your country. Mm-hmm. And through that, you get the opportunity 
to play for your country and, and that's where I, I've, I've come to um, look upon it as, as taking those steps which I never had when I was a, when I could I, I mentioned to you I never played at any any level as a, a schoolboy for, for my country but uh, once I got the opportunity to, to prove that I could play I ended up and that's it, you know, you get, I wouldn't say you say, say a goal, but actually to be selected and a squad and then from that, from that squad, get, getting off the bench as I did, I made my, my debut with Scotland playing against England and then went on from there and I was, I had 10 years as an international player and they were, that wraps up by saying that, what, what, what went on here, mm-hmm. what went on in Milan, uh, I, mean, I mean, Milan, I remember uh, towards the end of the, the year, 81-82, um, I got an injury and I got it in plaster and I'm, I'm, I'm desperate to get it on the field of play so that I, I can play for Milan yeah. and, and, and get the opposite show I'm fit because if I'm fit, I've got a chance to go into the World Cup. Mm-hmm. And it was like it was like that. So close. So yeah. close. Yeah. And, and and I got in the team and I was playing the games and then Jokestein picked me and we went uh, to home internationals and I, I think I played in all the games and I wasn't right. I wasn't, he played me the, and he played me in the games because he wanted to give me minutes and I was so grateful. And then we went to Portugal pre-World Cup and he played me in the games and I do remember me and other players, we had a couple of uh, double sessions leading up to it, and, and I played, and I was I was so close. And then we played, played against Russia, and I scored. And all, all that that work, you know, playing with Green and Morton all the way through, and uh, and getting that. Chance. And I, I never I got there by skinning my teeth, you know. It's not bad, though, is it? Oh, I was scoring the World Cup. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was good. Yeah. Um, I I. This is probably a really lovely place to say thank you for coming on our podcast, I guess. Uh, however, I am fearful that Scottish fans, uh, no, Welsh fans won't forgive us if we don't ask, whilst we're discussing internationals, uh, the hand of Joe. Yeah. Can you tell us about that briefly? Well, I've, I've told about nearly the whole of Wales are, because every time I go across the bridge from Bristol to yeah. Wales, <laughs> I get pulled to the side. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I try to explain it that, it wasn't me. Is that true? Well, from me it is, yeah. Right, okay. <laughs> yeah. It was, um, it was a very important game mm-hmm. and I can understand that they're, they're not good losers, the Welsh, and I can I accept that. It's going well, Joe. Uh, but the big mistake for the, for the Welsh was playing the game at Anfield. Mm-hmm. They got a lot more people in it, but the 50 or 1,000, but the most people were in it were Scots. Mm. So we had the home advantage. Mm-hmm. We won the game 2 nothing. There was a penalty, and I think it was Don Masson that put it away. And uh, we ended up winning 2 nothing. Kenny scored the second one, and we went to the World Cup. And it's through no fault of me. <laughs> is, <laughs> it, is it true that you kissed your hand after the penalty was scored? No. Oh, that's not true? No. Okay. Well, it's important to check these things, because it's on no. the internet. I read that. I'm just wiping his nose. No. So for people who are not sure, of course, the penalty was awarded for a handball, but perhaps replay suggested it had hit your well, hand I think you need to look at it closely. I think you'd, you'd maybe see it was a centre-half's <laughs> hand that hit the ball. Yeah. Didn't have VAR, did they? 
That's it. That's yeah. it. No, and I'm, 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 VVR, I'm, I'm with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, it's something that can correct many things. And if it's, if it is what it is, if it's an offside and, or it's not over the line or whatever, that's the way it should be. Perfect. Well, Joe, thank you so much for sharing your stories with us. My pleasure. Thank Brilliant. you. Brilliant. And that was it, Joe Jordan, who I think over that time immediately dispelled that sort of hard man myth. What a lovely guy. He was so easy to listen to. Yeah, and a really good storyteller. Brilliant. Very good. So good. So good. You wouldn't think that over, what, 30, 40 years ago, when he was actually playing, listening to there, to when he played, well, chalk and cheese. Yeah. The Bayern Munich story was amazing. Imagine that. Yeah. Imagine and- that. You pass it to your teammate by a pool. I'm sure... Big Gordon have had beers inside him. You can just imagine the conversation talking to the Bayern Munich manager as a wind up. But also, imagine if they'd agreed and been like, "Yeah, fine, we'll, yeah, we'll no, take Gordon McQueen, bring them both." And but people say that about Sir Alex Ferguson that they often answer the phone and think, yes, it has to be up. a prank." Yeah, just amazing. Yeah, brilliant. brilliant. Some great stories in it there. Would, do you know what? It would be hard, I imagine, even now. And I, d- I didn't ask actually. To think that you missed that opportunity, that he wanted to go abroad and there was Beckenbauer and Muller. I mean, what a team he could have joined. Yeah. That'd be annoying, wouldn't it? Everything happens for a reason though, Sam, and he went yeah. on to play for AC Milan. And that's yeah, it. yeah. I don't know whether you guys thought this during that conversation with him. I kind of felt like that was his passion. Yeah. Going to Italy, that was what yeah. he really loved. Yeah. I think from the from day one, really, wasn't he? He always wanted to have that opportunity yeah. to, to, to go abroad and play. And... I think, you know, he got to 30 and you're thinking, have I missed the boat not going to Germany? But what a great life he'll have had in, in, in Italy. Absolutely brilliant. Did so you ever good. want to go abroad, Maisie? No, not really, no. No, I was quite happy mm-hmm. sitting in Middleton. <laughs> yeah. I mean, would you, would you, you have know, gone as far as London? Joking, no chance. <laughs> no, I, I was very fortunate, really. Blackburn, United and Burnley, so all in the northwest, so... No, it's I don't quite think... unusual for someone back then to be so passionate about moving abroad. Yeah. But the, I mean, I think the way he comes across, no pressure. He never really thought about pressure. Coming he's so down to cool, Leeds. Wasn't he? Yeah, just. Excuse he's probably cliche, one of the most cool, laid back players we've, yeah. we've actually interviewed. Maybe, maybe to his detriment, because can you imagine, say, Alan Smith or Rio Ferdinand thinking, right, I'm going to go and watch Leeds. I've just joined United. I'll pop over there a couple of days later and see if I can catch Actually a game. crazy that he did that. Yeah. It's Didn't funny think that they all surrounded his car. Yeah. <laughs> Not surprising good. though, is it? Yeah. No, very good. I really, really enjoyed that. I yeah. really, really did enjoy that. I thought we could have spoke a lot longer, but mm-hmm. he's got to get the train back. Yeah. It could, no, it could, it could, that it could. was very good. I still get anxiety, I think, thinking about his teeth. I think that would have been really unpleasant. Do you know, because it happens so quick, you don't realise. It's just the thought of it. Yeah. I think you're probably right. Yeah. You just get on with it, don't you, when you hurt yourself. Yeah. But I played on. Should we get on with some emails? Yeah, go on. I've got yeah, one from uh, Peter Pocklington. Oh, yeah. He says, it's Thanksgiving here in the United States, and I felt a need to express Happy my thanks to all involved in bringing this United podcast. Not only Helen, Maisie, and Sam. Oh, I can see why Tasker's picked this one. It has been through this body of work that I've got some insight into the human side of what is behind putting those individuals on the pitch as a team representing me and millions of United fans who are always with the team in spirit. As many, I felt a deep sense of loss when Ollie was recently let go, but it's through your podcast I was able to gain a perspective on the job that gives me hope for Ollie's future as the great human being he is. Managing United is a job that, if we're 
we're honest, none of us fans could ever hope to do as well as those who are selected to take on that role. As Eric put it to you all, life is a circus. And as a ringmaster, the United Manager is the public face of the greatest show on earth. As a lifelong red, till I am dead, I for one am grateful for the perspectives you unearth and broadcast that delve into the humanity behind all the results. Forever grateful and forever red. Peter Pockington. Peter, thank you so much. Forever red until I'm dead. Yeah, did you like that? Little poet and I didn't know it. Oh, he knew it. Uh, Scott Slingsby said, I love this. Everyone is wondering why Darren Fletcher was wearing an earpiece during the Chelsea match. I think it's pretty obvious he was listening to the podcast. Of course he was. The episode unconfirmed. Yeah, what do you reckon? He actually writes at the end. His own. Yeah, probably his own. <laughs> it makes sense. Well, thank you very much, as always, for listening. If you want to get in touch with us, you can. The email address is unitedpodcast at manunited.co.uk um, or you can reach out to us all on social media. If you get in touch with Maisie, he's going to send you a signed beer machine for Christmas. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye-bye. See you later.